So thankful for our Kids Zone and nursery volunteers systematically teaching our children the Bible each week. If you'd like to turn with me to Acts chapter 17, I'll read from Acts chapter 17 in a little bit. Uh, first, I should say this morning we're doing part one of a couple parts uh, on marriage. We're doing a marriage workshop. We're starting this morning. We'll come back to it. I'll actually finish this morning's teaching uh, this evening. I just don't think I'll have time to get through it all. So we'll finish it up this evening, and then we'll get down to some practical tools as well. Uh, the other thing is on this, and what I'm going to try to do is like give you a Christian worldview on marriage. I know, I know that some of you are like, well, bro, that's cool, but I'm not married, so I don't think this applies to me. How, I mean, how I guess I would answer that is... Do you hope to be married someday? Then you could learn now what will help you later. Uh, and this, this might really help set good expectations and get you in a good mindset of who to look for and what to look for and be, how to be ready to work on marriage later on. Have you been married once and you're not married anymore and you're kind of in between? Well, you know, maybe this will help get you ready for your next marriage. Like if, you, if marriage is something that's totally in your rearview mirror, then maybe you'd hear this teaching and just see it as good Christian worldview teaching, help you understand other things about the Christian life, or maybe it would be something that you would share with other people that need it. So, Christian marriage, uh, part one. When I think of uh, Christian marriage... Before I jump in, I think we should pray. Let me do that. Lord, I know that this meets all different kinds of people in all different kinds of places. And Lord, some of us hear this from a place of terrific pain and others hear it from a place of curiosity and others from somewhere else. So, Lord, I, I just pray that you would stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, that you'd talk over me while I talk to them, that you would pull us closer to you, closer to each other. Do this for your glory and our good. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we think about a Christian worldview, we want to begin with uh, the bookends of the Bible. And so... What I want to start out communicating about Christian marriage is Christian marriage is good and it's frustrating. So we believe that every marriage is good and it's frustrating. What I mean by that is back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there is creation of marriage and it is very, very good. And then in chapter 3, it gets extremely frustrating. So it is both good and frustrating, like, it, like work is good and frustrating. It can be both, and certainly marriage is both good and frustrating, and it will be unfrustrated and uncursed, um, made new in Revelation chapter 22, as with all of creation. So, so in between heaven and Eden, in between Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 22, 
marriage is good and it's frustrating. So here's what this means on the ground. This means that you should expect your marriage to be frustrating. <laughs> it means you should expect your marriage to require work to keep it in shape. It means you should expect unplanned things to come into your life that make your marriage hard, that, that press on the two of you and maybe pull the two of you apart. So those of you that are married or have been married, has there been any unplanned things? <laughs> I could laugh at that too. <laughs> any unplanned things that cause stress in your marriage? Well, welcome. We live between the trees. That's what we're saying. We're not in Eden anymore and we're not in heaven yet. This is a Christian worldview. Unplanned things are going to happen and this is going to cause stress. You know, what unplanned thing? If you're sitting next to your spouse, why don't you, why don't you look at them? I was going to have you like whisper what unplanned thing happened, but then someone might hear it behind you or maybe you can't. Why don't you just smile and nod because you both know what the other one is maybe thinking. Unplanned things. Okay, unplanned things. Unwanted things. Unwanted things come into our life. Stuff that you're like, man, I never wanted this to happen. I never thought this would happen. I didn't believe this would happen. Like, this is crazy. You have anything unwanted that made its way into your life? Where you're like, man, this, this hurts. I remember talking to one of my best friends about some stuff going on in my life and him going, man, those are big boy problems. And big boy problems cause stress in your marriage. Unwanted things happen. We live between the trees, right? Like, welcome. You're not in Eden anymore. You're not in heaven yet. That stuff is going to happen. And it's going to put pressure on your marriage. So you're going to have to work at your marriage if you want to hold it together. Third, we're sinners. We're not in Eden anymore. We're not in heaven yet. We're still sinners. So because we're sinners, we pull in different directions. I say my way, she says her way, and we pull in different directions. I mean, I've heard that's true of other people's relationships. <laughs> but that's true in our relationship too. Like, marriage is made up of two people that have very clear ideas of what they want and have a little bit harder time seeing what the other person needs and wants. And so Christian marriages, just, just for starters, man, if you can just get this, you've got a lot. Christian marriages expect to work. We just expect to work because we know we're not in Eden anymore. We know we're not in heaven yet. So we just have this expectation that we're going to have to work on this. Like, like if you, I, I, you know, I haven't, Shannon and I met and started dating before eHarmony was a thing. So if you're young and you have an eHarmony membership and you're all into that kind of stuff, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a great idea, maybe it's not, but if what eHarmony is selling or something like eHarmony is selling is that if you find the person that you're so compatible with, you'll never struggle, you'll never fight, it will always be easy.
Really? We're not in Eden anymore. We're not in heaven yet. I don't care who you marry. You're going to struggle. Like There's going to be stuff that comes up, and there's going to be fights and discussions, and you're going to have to work at it. That's what I'm just, I'm pleading with you to see that. So, so if, you're, if you're married right now and you're going, this is really hard. This is really hard. This really hurts. I might have made a mistake. Maybe he made a mistake. Maybe she made a mistake. We may have made a mistake. This is really hard. First thing I want to say is, welcome. Marriage is hard. You're in the right spot. Expect to work. Okay, so how do we work? How do we work at marriage? Well, you're going to disagree with this, because I know I did. First time I, I read this, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. That doesn't have anything to do with marriage. Okay, so, so I'm, just, I'm just guessing you're going to disagree with this. You're going to push back on it, which is cool, because that's how we learn. We push back on stuff until we can't fight it anymore, and then we agree with it, and then we defend it. At least that's what I do. So go ahead and push back. I give you full permission to just put a big red X through this and say that's not true, and, but just keep fighting with it until, I don't know, we'll see. Here we go. This is what marriage does. Marriage, to work at marriage, what you need to do is you need to worship. You need to worship God as your creator, and God is their creator. So in Acts chapter 17, verse 24, I mentioned earlier that we'd be reading from Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17, verse 24, uh, the Apostle Paul is presenting the Christian worldview to the Athenians at the Areopagus, and remember I said this is like a, a worldview, when we're applying the Christian worldview to marriage, so he says in chapter 17, verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Let me just call a time out here and just say, what Paul has just said is that God made the world and everything in it. Is your spouse part of the world and everything in it? Yes. It's not a trick question. Yes. Did God screw up when he made the world and everything in it? No. When he made your spouse, he got her or him right. Okay, so when God determined their height or their hair color, hair color or their, gen, their general build or their personality or their genetic predispositions or whatever it is, he didn't mess up. He got that right. So like Mr. and Mrs. Pastor are young and they're driving. It's us, by the way, Nathan and <laughs> Cheyenne. We're driving... And we're, we're fighting. This may come as a surprise to you, but both of us like to be in charge. <laughs> and, you know, we're driving, and uh, I'm pulling my way, and she's pulling her way, and, and we're having this uh, dispute. And I'm ready to go. Like, I, I just, let's just have the fight. And she's like, I'm like, well, what do you think? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you think? And she's like, just give me a minute. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> like, like, she just needs to process. God made me to have the fight and have the fight right now. 
God made her, like, you got to give her 10 minutes. I'm crawling around the roof of the car. Like, let's please have the fight and get some closure. She's like, I just need to feel my way through this, and then we can talk. Hey, hey, did God get one of us wrong? No. Difference not bad. Difference just different. I think I've heard Joni say that several times. God just made us different. It's good. So the best thing I can do when I'm super frustrated with how she is is look up and say, God, thank you for making us different. Worship, that's work. Well, (laughs) that's work, okay? That's work. That's a decision to make. Again and again and again and again. God created us different. That, that's him being the creator. And he also determined, like, our family of origin. He de- determined how we were raised. He determined, like, how we approach things. So if you keep reading, we read chapter 17, verse 24. Again, as a Christian worldview, um, I'm picking it up in verse 25. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything, verse 26, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth. Here it is. This is what I want you to see. This is what I would underline in my Bible. Having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling places. So God determines where we live. He determines how we grow up, he determines all of that, okay? So when you're frustrated with your spouse's family of origin, maybe, and their, so their view of money, do you, do you and your spouse view money the same way? Do you view time the same way? Man, some of our best fights when we were first married were about time. My idea was, because I was teaching, my idea was, if we're not 15 minutes early, we're late. Her idea was, if we're not a minute early or 30 seconds early, we're late. Oh, we used to fight about that on our way to church. I mean, on our way to church, we would fight the whole way, and then I would be Captain Happy Sunday School teacher and teach the young marrieds. And I would teach against hypocrisy every week. You know, food preferences, driving habits, tolerance for clutter. So, so like, take, for instance, uh, a time like Labor Day. Labor Day is like the calm before the storm of fall. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you have kids in school and kids in sports and all that stuff and yard projects, and, like, it's the calm before the storm. So my personality says what we have to do on Labor Day is we have to work. We have to organize. We have to clean. We have to put everything in its place. Everything has to be, you know, we have to drill down and get organized before the battle of the fall. And Cheyenne's view of life is this is our last chance to relax. We have to hang out with the kids that are home from college and be happy and enjoy life. 
think that might cause some conflict? I mean, possibly, could it cause some conflict, do you think? The best thing we can do when we are faced with how different our spouse is from us is look up and say, thank you. Thank you that we're different. Neither one of us are right. Neither one of us are wrong. God made us different. So, we said, Christian marriages expect to work. How do they work? They worship the God who is their creator. They worship the God who is the king. And they worship the God who is their savior. God is our savior. So this is what the rest of Paul's passage is about here in Acts chapter 17. He writes in verse 27 that God did all of this. He put people through everything he put them through. He determined their periods, their boundaries. He determined everything. He made them, all of it. Verse 27, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. So he did that so that people would look up and say, I need God. And they would find their way towards God and that he would save them. And so he writes at the end of it, in verse 31, because he fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he appointed, and of this he has given the assurance by raising him from the dead, as Jesus came and died and rose, and we have hope of salvation, and God has been pulling us towards himself because he's been seeking us. And so we think, like, if God can seek me like that, and God can save me from my sins and reconcile with me. Can I, not, can I not seek him? Can I not seek her? With the same love that God has loved me with. So, again, when I, when I think of worship as related to marriage, you know, my first reaction to that was, that can't be true, like it, that just doesn't seem right. But the more I think about it, the more I believe it's true. That Christian marriages expect to work because we're not in the garden anymore and we're not in heaven yet. So the primary way that we work on our marriages is we worship and we thank God for who he's brought into our lives. Now, what this means on the ground is, well, you'll see. You'll see here. So when you're dating, this, I'm trying to draw a picture of what you might be thinking when you're dating. So when you're dating, you might be thinking, he is my dreams come true. Or, we are so compatible. So when you're dating, you're like, all you can see is, I don't know. <laughs> but you think, they're, they're my dreams come true. This is everything I've ever wanted. You know, this is really, this is going to be so great. And... Uh, all you can see is their strengths. So maybe their strengths are really, really, really big. You can really see their strengths. You know they might have some weaknesses, but who cares? We're not really focused on that. We're just, all we can see is their strengths and how great this is going to be. And we really see them as a vehicle for our dreams coming true. So they might be how we're finally going to get away from our parents. 
They might be how we're finally going to have the family that we always wanted. They might be how we're finally going to have the two and a half kids, white picket fence, golden retriever, uh, perfect little family home that we've always wanted. Like they are how my dreams are going to come true. I'm going to have this wedding and we're going to have this honeymoon. We're going to have this perfect life. And I can just see myself, this is everything I ever wanted is going to come true in this person. Then you get married. And then what happens? Then, because you're selfish, which we talked about earlier, uh, when we talked about worldview, you start pulling in different directions. And then what do you start saying to yourself? Then you start saying to yourself, this is not what I wanted. We're so different. And then you start seeing like all you can see are their weaknesses and you can't see their strengths at all anymore. Then you start to realize they're not making my dreams come true. I thought I could use them to make my dreams come true and it turns out they're not cooperating. So they become an obstacle rather than a vehicle of our dreams coming true. And what we do in order to try to manipulate them into doing what we want or to justify ourselves for how we're behaving is we keep a list of all the ways that our life is harder than their life. You know, all the reasons that it's harder to be me than it's harder to be you in this relationship. Look how much I do. Look how little you do. Do you see how hard it is to be me? Or we keep this long list of grievances. You did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And we have this eternal list that stretches back a millennia. Everything they did wrong that justifies how they're not helping our dreams come true. You got a list? You have a list? You got stuff on the list? And then we blame them for our faults. Well, I wouldn't lose my temper if you didn't tick me off. I wouldn't yell at the kids if... We keep a list. Blame them for our faults. I wouldn't keep secrets if you didn't yell at me every time you found stuff, you know, like, we blame them for our faults. And that cultivates dislike. Like, how can that not cultivate dislike? When you only think of someone as an obstacle rather than a vehicle, when you only think of them as, you're keeping me from my dreams, and you keep a list, you keep this long record of wrongs, and you blame them for everything, how are you going to do anything but hate them? And you end up saying things like, I never loved you. I always thought that was a lie. You know, when I heard that, when I, when I hear that, people, people tell me, and then he said, or then she said, I never loved you. And I always thought, 
that can't be true because we don't have arranged marriages here. You know, like, why did you marry them in the first place if they never loved you? Or, why, you know, if you never loved them, why would you get married in the first place? So I'm like, I think you've just been twisted by all this hate and bitterness, and you don't remember that you used to love them. That's what I used to think. Now I wonder if it's true. If it's true because they were always just trying to use you to get what they wanted. And they're saying you've always, what they're really saying underneath, <laughs> underneath the sentence and the sharpening a knife and getting it as sharp as they can and trying to stab you in the heart with that sentence if I never loved you. Maybe what they're really saying is I've always been trying to use you to make my dreams come true and it's never worked. And that's not your fault. That is not your fault. It's not your job. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is stop trying to use them and love them. The answer is to love them like Christ loves you. The answer is the Lord's Prayer. You know, if our tendency is to live, hallowed be my name, my kingdom come, and my will be done on earth as it is already being done in my mind. The Lord's Prayer is really healing for that. The Lord's Prayer is, hallowed be your name, not my name, not her name. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom come, not her kingdom come. Your will be done, not my will be done, not her will be done, but your will be done. So you're going to love them rather than use them. <laughs> love them with laying down your life, dying on the cross, love, not use them. So here's what we've said. Marriage starts with this decision to, to love them. And this will require work. But you're going to love them and you're going to work at it because God loves you. So we're going to work at this because God loves us and, and has designed a system that requires work. So marriage requires work. So I'm going to lean in and work at marriage because God loves me and is with me in marriage or wherever we are. We're going to lean in and worship God and thank him for the spouse that he's given us. Thank him for the spouse and all the ways they're different than us. We're going to lean in and we're going to not try to use them to make our kingdoms come and accomplish our wills, but we're going to try to love them as Christ loves us. We're going to work at marriage. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, and Lord, I thank you for the, 
the way you meet us in your word. And Lord, I pray that for marriages that are in trouble, Lord, I pray that you would meet them with courage. For marriages that um, just no one is paying attention to and there's just kind of weeds and bad habits and neglect. Lord, I pray that you would grab them by the heart and pull them back together. Lord, I pray that you would meet us, pull us towards yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.